Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Shot. Thank you, Scott Keezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York. We're going to talk football and hockey on this edition of the podcast. My Gazette colleague Adam Schinders back after a week off. He was uh, enjoying his honeymoon with his wife. Uh, we'll talk high school football. We'll have the latest Daily Gazette power rankings and a change in the top of the AA uh, uh, ranking. So we'll talk about that. And uh, then we'll talk uh, Union College men's and women's hockey. I'll talk to uh, several members of the uh, men's team. They're getting set to go to Colorado College. Uh, the Garner Chargers coming off with an impressive 6 nothing opening season win at Army on Sunday. And we'll talk some women's uh, hockey with Union. Uh, Josh Keevan, several members of the team will be there. We'll talk about the uh, back-to-back hat-tricks that the uh, team had last weekend against Holy Cross. So we'll have some fun with that. And then Jeff Levac, one half of Levac and Gaza on Fox Sports 980-95.9. Well, he's back. Arena football's back. He's going to serve as president of the Albany Firebirds, the new name of the yeah, bring back some memories of the old Firebirds. So they're going to have Arena Football League back at the MVP Arena in 2024. We're going to talk to Jeff about that and uh, and some of the uh, shenanigans that went on with uh, the Empire and uh, Antonio Brown's involvement, which led to the uh, uh, suspension of the team by the uh, North American or North Arena National Arena League. I'll get that right, but uh, we'll talk about that as well. Some good, some good conversation there with Jeff. So uh, coming up, we're going to talk high school football with Adam Schinder. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late-inning rally? A game-winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now... Imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school, plus all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Want to get all the latest news from the Daily Gazette on your phone or tablet? We have an app for that. The Daily Gazette app allows you to read all the newspaper stories and columns from our dedicated team of journalists. The app is free. You can download the app from the Apple or Google app stores. Hi, this is Kenny Albert, the voice of the NHL on TNT, radio voice of the New York Rangers, and the NFL and Major League Baseball on Fox Sports as well. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor, Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast, and it's time to talk high school football, and he's back after his uh, wedding and honeymoon, Adam Schinder from the Gazette here. Congratulations again. How did things work out there uh, for your wedding? Uh, they were uh, they were incredible. It was a wonderful, wonderful couple of days, and uh, glad to be back. Yeah. 
Well, uh, the big game last week, Shen and CBA, and Shen ends up winning that game coming from behind to win 28-14. They're the number one team, ranked team in Class AA. And uh, how big of a game was that for Shen to, to win on CBA's turf? It's an absolutely massive win uh, for Shen and you know, for, for, a few, for a long time... Uh, under coach Brian Clausen, Shaker was the team that Shenandoah could not get past. In the last couple of years, they finally seemed to to get over that hump. And as they get over that hump, another hump uh, arrives in the form of CBA. They go down fourteen nothing, but this is a really, really good, really deep Shen team, and uh, they put themselves in pole position right now to uh, to have the one seed. They they pretty much got it locked up at this point. They control their own destiny to it. Uh, at the end of the day, the one versus the two really only matters in terms of what your matchup is. It probably at this point means Boston Spa. It means the loser of the Boston Spa Shaker game uh, is your semifinal opponent. Well, the Shen coming off that emotional victory on last Friday has another emotional game against rival Saratoga Springs at Saratoga Springs. So any concern about the uh, hangover after that win against CBA? Uh, I tend to say no. Uh, the hangover game really tends to be a myth in high school football. Talent usually wins out. There can be equalizers. Weather, of course, can be can be an equalizer. Injuries can be an equalizer. But this Shenandoah team is better than Saratoga Springs, uh, and pretty clearly. Uh, but you would expect Saratoga to be extremely fired up with their rival coming to their home field. And Garza, that's one of the two games you've highlighted for uh, Class AA though, on Friday night. The other is a shaker at Balsam Spa. Yeah, this one is just uh, very interesting to see. These are the two teams that are really playing for the three and four seeds uh, at this point. Colony maybe in the mix uh, a little bit as well. Uh, Shaker's a team that's been clo- pretty close uh, to the top two uh, in Class AA and CBA and Shen. Uh, Balsam Spa is a team that has looked very, very good in their wins. Their losses not so much. Uh, their losses have very much been, we're gonna, still going to score. We're going to score 25, you know, 28, 35 points, uh, but we might give up 60. So uh, this is a real test for this for this Scotty's defense uh, to see if it can turn a corner heading towards the postseason. Well, let's take a look at the uh, Gazette Power Rankings, which are online at dailygazette.com. Uh, Shen's number one, CBA two, Shaker three, Balsam Spa four, and Saratoga Springs five. Yeah, this one's kind of... Uh, other than the fact that uh, Shen has now leapfrog C- CBA in our rankings, these five teams have kind of separated themselves and largely been in these tiers for a little while now. Let's look at uh, Class A, and the game highlighted for Friday night is Averill Park at LaSalle. Yeah, the uh, the Class A Capital Division, everybody's favorite uh, piece of insanity, and uh, these two teams lead it right now. They've played a lot of close games over the years. They've played overtime games. They've played controversial overtime games that – uh, end in the rain on a kick that was said to be good when it really wasn't. Uh, so you're saying the officials wanted to get out of there? <laughs> yeah, I think that was that was the night a couple of years ago where uh, most of the games in Section Two got canceled, and those guys played a TV game that ended uh, at some point after 11 p.m. It was wild. Uh, is the team uh, LaSalle's, uh, LaSalle kind of flew under the radar? They struggled early. They've played pretty well as of late. They've got one of the best running backs in the section in Matt Bott. Averill Park, the uh, the kind of Navy uh, triple option style attack that they run, very difficult to play. They've, they've run up against some tough teams. They played Shaker early on. They played Niskayuna and really uh, got, got run off the field in that one. But they've quietly taken care of business since then. The winner here really has the inside track to the Capital Division. Well, the uh, power rankings in Class A, Niskayuna 1, Burnhills, Boston Lake 2, Averill Park 3, Bethlehem 4, and LaSalle 5. 
five. Yeah, and this is kind of what we talk about. The two, te- the top two teams in the Grasso division, Niskiuna and Burn Hills, and then it's a giant mess in the Capital Division. You could probably throw uh, Columbia in there as well. Queensbury uh, probably sticking somewhere in the 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 six seven range. But uh, we will see as this as these next couple of weeks go on and these teams play each other how the Capital Division uh, plays out. On the other side, Niskiuna pretty much can cruise to the Grasso Division title. Class B, um, interesting schedule. Nothing really uh, big this weekend. Yeah, it's kind of a week of the haves against the have-nots. Maybe Lansingburg-Ravina, which is a Super Bowl rematch, could could potentially be interesting. But Ravina's really proved to be uh, the class uh, of Class B this year. Uh, we do get something interesting in that uh, Hudson has uh, has called it on their season for a second straight year. So if you don't see Shalmont on that schedule, it's because Shalmont gets a forfeit. They will automatically uh, get another win this week. Yeah. So the power rankings there, Ravina, Quayman, Selkirk 1, Glens Falls 2, Shalmont 3, Gloversville 4, uh, Mechanicville, Hoosick Valley 5, with Lansingburgs receiving some votes. Yeah, and what this is also uh, looking at is if you look at those top four teams, that looks like our potential semifinal scenario. I believe Class B is the lone eight-team playoff uh, this year. Uh, but Glens Falls and Shalmont are very, very close, and they have not played each other. That's a game I'd be very interested to see later this month. Let's go over to Class C, and the uh, matchup uh, highlighted is Hoosick Falls Tamarack at Schuylerville. Yeah, another week where there, there's not much else on this schedule. Maybe uh, Granville Whitehall against Cobleskill, but uh, Hoosick Falls Tamarack and Schuylerville, traditional rivals. These two teams have gone at it many, many times over the years in Class C. Uh, Hoosick Falls Tamarack has its only loss to Fonda Fultonville. Schuylerville's undefeated, beat Fonda Fultonville very closely. If we want to consider this a three team race instead of a two team race, that's on Hoosick Falls Tamarack this yep. week. Well, the uh, power rankings in Class C, Schuylerville 1, Fonda Fultonville 2, Hoosick Falls, Tamarack 3, Johnstown 4, Granville Whitehall 5, with Cobleskill of Richmondville receiving some votes. Yeah, Cobleskill Richmondville probably would have broken into this uh, poll had uh, some kicks gone their way last week. Mm-hmm. They had both a game-tying extra point and a go-ahead field goal attempt blocked by Johnstown last week in a game they lost 7-6. to six. But again, we've talked about this all season. The top three and maybe the top two just seem to be head and shoulders above everyone else. Saturday matchup in Class D. The top two teams in the Gazette's power rankings, Warrensburg, Lake George, Bolton, will host uh, their number one in the power rankings, the host number two, Stillwater. Yeah, uh, Warrensburg, Lake George, Bolton has done exactly what this team did last year, which is outscore teams by a zillion points. Uh, I believe there's something around 315 to 13 so far this year. They've also faced nobody. They have faced the bottom of this class. They have not faced Stillwater. They have not faced Cannon Cherry, Fort Plain, who are the two teams that we would expect could be the only ones to give the Wolverines a run. Stillwater has played a much tougher schedule, including a win over a Class B team. It's a team that's dealt with a bunch of injuries over the years, but these are two unde- oh, over this year. Uh, but these are two undefeated teams. Winner is going to be the number one seed for the playoffs. Yep. And the rest of the power rankings in Class D: Cannon Harry, Fort Plain three, Greenwich four, and uh, Cambridge Salem five. So. There's your uh, look at high school football, Adam. Appreciate a few minutes. No problem. Uh, it's Adam Schinder. Uh, we're going to talk some Union College hockey next as the, the uh, Garnet Chargers men's team gets ready to head out to Colorado College while the women's team heads out to RIT. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. Hey, auto racing fans. The Daily Gazette's auto racing contest is back. Here's how to play. Pick the top five finishers in the weekly NASCAR race and get a chance to win a $50 ShopRite gift card. To play... Go to dailygazette.com and click on the Auto Racing Contest banner. The Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest is run by the Advertising Department and not affiliated with the Sports Department. 
Hi, this is Daily Gazette reporter Shenandoah Breer. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. Now let's talk some uh, Union College hockey. Of course, you heard uh, our previous podcast, uh, our weekly visit with uh, Union Men's head coach Josh Algie. We talked about their uh, 6 nothing victory over Army on Sunday, then the uh, season over, uh, a very impressive game that the uh, Garnet Chargers play. Uh, they're getting set to go to Colorado College and play in some altitude out in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado, over 6,000 feet, a lot higher than uh, Denver. So the team flew out on Wednesday, and uh, you heard uh, Josh and I talk about that. So I had a chance to talk to uh, several of the players at Tuesday's media availability about that, along with uh, looking back at the Army game. Uh, joining uh, joining us at the dais at, uh, on Tuesday were forwards Ben Tupker and uh, Tyler Watkins. And then Leo Robertson also a forward. He's going to make his uh, season debut this weekend. He missed the uh, game in Army. He was banged up a little bit in the exhibition game last Saturday against RPI. So here are Tyler Watkins, uh, Ben Tupker, and Liam Robertson. All right, you guys are heading out to Colorado Springs, and it's an altitude game. It's over 6,000 feet uh, there in Colorado Springs. So how do you prepare for something like that, playing uh, that far above sea level? Uh, I mean, I think that just goes back to the work that we put in this preseason. I think we're confident that, uh, you know, we're as well-conditioned and can skate with uh, anyone in the country. So, um, you know, it's not necessarily a huge concern for us. At the end of the day, there's a lot of teams going in and out of there every week. So it's just something that we're going to have to deal with and, uh, you know, not really focus on. Yeah, I mean, we're leaving tomorrow morning. We'll get there with plenty of time to adjust. So that's not really something we're worried about. Yeah, I think we, we just kind of talked about it, touched on it a little bit today before practice, and uh, we're all aware of it, but uh, we're not going in there thinking about it, and we're just going to be going in there playing our game trying to win. Yeah, You guys saw them two years ago here at Messer Rink. What do you remember about that game, and what are you expecting out of there? Uh, I They're fast. Oh, they're a lot of skilled fast forwards, and uh, this time we're going to them. But uh, I expect us to play the same way we did against Army. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were a fast team, a lot of guys that can skate really well, but that was two years ago now, a lot of turnover and stuff, I would imagine. So uh, just kind of going in there, worrying about what we can control. Guys, I'll, I'll open this up to pretty much anybody. What kind of statement do you feel like you made this past week? I mean, 6 nothing in your opening game is no joke. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that we knew um – what our expectations were and standards uh, that we wanted to set in terms of having a good first night um, to start the season off right, and yeah, we did just uh, we did just that. So I think we're really happy all 13 forwards, 60, and obviously Shavs uh, was kicking really good in net, so couldn't ask for much more out of the group. But um, at the end of the day, that's that's our bar and that's our standard going forward. So um, you know, we we celebrated uh, right after the game and then kind of turned the page. So obviously, the focus on CC now, and uh, we know what we have to do. Yeah, kind of building off what he said, I think we knew what we wanted to do as a team and what we could be as a team from the preseason, so it was obviously nice to go in there and make a statement, but uh, I think there's things that we can clean up and uh, things we can improve on, and so that's kind of, that's what we're focused on this week. Yeah, I think uh, they touched on everything, but uh, there's definitely some things that we could clean up, and I think we did here at the start of practice this week, and uh, I think we're trying to do the same thing we did at Army and uh, bring it this week in Colorado. Liam, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. Um, how tough was it for you to miss that game on Sunday? Because I, I coach said you uh, physical physical exhibition game against RPI and he, he banged up a little bit. He, he held you out to you know 
So how tough was he for you to sit out and see that what you guys did out there? Yeah, it was definitely tough, but I mean, uh, it's just what the guys do on the ice. I take my part cheering them on in the stands and let them do it all on the ice. And uh, obviously, nobody's going to be happy to be sitting in the stands, but I mean, it's clearly just precautionary. We talked about it before the game anyways and came to an agreement. So it worked out well. I'm just happy to see the boys win. Yeah, you played all 35 games last year. You played 35 or 37, and I think you missed the rest of the, your freshman season. Uh, well, first of all, what happened with that freshman season? Uh, what? Uh, I broke my leg against okay. Harvard. Okay. Um, I mean, to be able to – is it kind of frustrating that you, you stay healthy all year last year and then you, you, and you missed the first game of the, your senior season? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely frustrating, but uh, it happens. This is the way the game goes. Everything's going to be physical, but uh, just kind of took a toll on me, I guess, against RPI, and that's what we expect from them, being our rivals right down the road. So um, it happens. I mean, I'm sure it'll happen again sometime in another physical game, but uh, uh, for now I'm just going to be back in the lineup for the rest. That's, that's my plan. Guys, how you know, you know, as I said to a couple of the other guys after the game Sunday that you know, lost in the shuffle was Kyle 19 save shutout effort. He gets recognized by ECC Hockey on Monday as go the other week. So, but how important was it for him to get that solid start? And you know, obviously he's a guy who's you know, the goaltender here returning uh, with some game experience. So how important was it for him to come out with a solid start? And how much confidence does that give you? Does that give you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think that was, you know, I'm sure that was big for, for him and his confidence. Um, but at the end of the day, all of us in front of him have, you know, all the confidence in the world knowing he's back there. So um, I think he's one of the most, you know, dialed and detailed kids uh, in the in the whole country, to be honest. So, um, yeah, we're super happy for him and know that, you know, that's his game and that's what he does. So um, he's a gamer. He'll, uh, he'll show up every night. So it's kind of just our job to make uh, his life as easy as possible in front of him. Tell how important was it for him to get some game action last year when Connor uh, has, was dealing with that those cramping issues? I think it was important for him, like coming back this year. But um, I mean, as uh, Tuffs was saying, like he's dialed every day. He comes to practice. He works. So I mean, things that you're seeing now against Army are things that we've seen in practice for a whole year. So that didn't come by surprise to any of us. Who picked the celebration song Sunday? Like the the fight song, yeah. um, I think we'll just keep that in house. I don't know if uh, if he necessarily wants uh, wants a spotlight on that one, but uh, yeah, we just want to put an emphasis on uh, celebrating our wins this year. So yeah, uh, some, some, uh, someone who grew up in that era, I appreciate hearing that. Yeah, <laughs> Tyler, uh, to have six goals from six different guys, you know, and to have that showing even without Liam in there. I mean, what does that say about? you know, the depth of this team and just, you know, the weapons that you guys have. Yeah, I and mean, that's something we talked about before the year. Uh, last year we kind of struggled to score uh, scoring depth, so that was something that I saw in the preseason, and obviously it was really good to get a statement like that, have a bunch of guys contribute. Um, but, yeah, going forward, I think that's kind of the standard that we need to set. We know that guys in all four lines, all D pairs can score, so uh, that's what we're looking for going forward. Was that the wickedest goal you ever scored? It's got it got to be one of them, yeah. Union goaltender Kyle Chauvet then came into the uh, media room. Uh, Chauvet was named goaltender of the week in ECAC hockey on Monday with his 19th save uh, performance against the uh, Black Knights down at West Point. Uh, so, uh, chance that was a good effort for Kyle, and I think it was an important effort for him. Uh, you know, he's re- 
re- only returning goaltender had some uh, game action last year, played in 10 games. Joe Shreve also returning, did not play any games last year. I was recovering from knee injury. And, of course, Axel Reed, the freshman uh, from Minnesota. Uh, so uh, it's, I th- you're going to see a lot of show about, I think, early on. I mean, who knows this weekend, uh, as I mentioned uh, with Josh, maybe you'll see a different goaltender on Saturday just uh, you know, with the altitude on that. Maybe give one of the other goaltenders a chance to play. So we'll see how that happens. Well, here's what Kyle Schaubert had to say at Tuesday's media availability. Kyle, you, you had the 19 save shutouts Sunday, and it sort of got lost in the shuffle with all the, the goal scoring and how well the team played. So for you, how important was it to come out? You, you, you're the incumbent uh, returning goaltender with the most number of games played from last year. How important was it to get out there, establish yourself that way, and get a shutout? Uh, yeah, I mean, anytime you know you want to start a season, I mean, it's great to start with a shutout. Um, uh, the boys played great in front of me. Um, you know, they helped me out a ton, blocked a ton of shots, so um, they made my job pretty easy on on uh, Sunday night. Also, you, you had five power plays you had to kill. I mean, how crucial was that to be able to you know not allow a power play goal? Ended up being you know, a plus one with a short shorty. Yeah, no, I thought our kill looked great. Um, we were blocking, eating pucks. Um, you know, I thought um, it's great to be able to start off strong on the kill on the season. So um, yeah, we've been looking good so far in there. Kyle, uh, those appearances you were able to make last year, those starts that you had under your belt, just how much did you feel that aided in your confidence, you know, making the start in, in game one this year? Uh, yeah, no, it definitely helps um, to be able to build off that confidence from last year, um, get some game experience in, and, um, you know, it's kind of takes away a little bit of the, the first game jitters and the start of the new season, so that definitely, definitely helped. Does, uh, as goals were piling up, does that make your job easier? Uh, you have to concentrate. You have to concentrate more because you know it's starting to be a, a blowout. Yeah, I mean, um, in games like that, you know, it can get tough. You you want to be able to stay focused the whole time. So, uh, you know, when your team's scoring, you're, sometimes there's little lapses where I'm not seeing as many shots. So, uh, the biggest thing is just trying to maintain that focus throughout the game, like in between periods. So, uh, yeah, that was that was probably the biggest challenge. You guys are going to uh, Colorado College you're in Colorado Springs, and uh, you're playing at altitude. Uh, this weekend over 6,000 feet. How do you prepare for something like that? Yeah, we kind of talked about that earlier today, um, and we just, you know, we don't want to focus on that. We just want to focus on going in, getting the work done, um, and just going out and competing. Um, we don't really want to try to focus on that too much. We just want to go in and, and play. Kyle, what were some of the things you maybe took from Connor last year that, you know, you've really honed in on, you know, that have helped you so much ahead of this year? Yeah, no, he's he's definitely a pro with everything he does, just um, his preparation, uh, his focus, his compete every day in practice, like just never gives up on a puck, and um, a lot of those things, you know, I want to be able to bring into uh, to my game this year. As for the Union women's hockey team, they had some interesting games last weekend against Holy Cross, both games going to overtime and both games won by Union overtime and also hat tricks, back-to-back hat tricks. It had been just about 10 years since uh, the last time the Union uh, women's hockey team had a player score a hat trick, and they had hat tricks in back-to-back games. Riley Wall scored all the goals, including the overtime game winner, her fourth career overtime game winner. Uh, that was a 3-2 victory last Friday at Messerink, and the teams met again Saturday night at Messerink, and this time was Maddie Laney with the hat trick and the overtime game winner for a 4-3 triumph 
for the Garnet Chargers. So the Garnet Chargers actually played three straight overtime games. They lost to Robert Morris a couple of Saturdays ago. So uh, they're getting set to play two games at RIT uh, Friday and Saturday. And uh, this is the last couple of non-conference games before they start uh, ECAC hockey play next weekend. On Tuesday, uh, Josh Skiba, the head coach of the uh, Garnet Chargers, along with Riley Walsh, uh, Matty Laney, and uh, Marin Friday, they came to talk to uh, the media about their uh, performance. Josh, I mean, this team went with 10 years without a hat trick and then have back-to-back games with hat tricks in overtime. I mean, how, have you ever seen something like that happen before? I've never seen anything like that uh, in my playing or coaching career. Um, what I'll say is if we could just achieve that every single game, it certainly would be the model that we'd like to follow moving forward. So, um, yeah, if we could just do that every game, it would be great. Yeah. Uh, Riley, for you to get your first hat, career hat trick and then doing it again in, or, in overtime, you become sort of the overtime uh, dominating player. You had three game-winning overtime goals last year. Get another one here. What did it mean to you to get get a hat trick? Um, I guess to me, it, it's I mean it's a good accomplishment. Yeah, everyone wants to get a hat trick. I would just say like it comes from teammates. It comes from that belief. Comes from that energy on the bench and everything. And when you have teammates that want the best for you and are supporting you and they're tapping you on the back like hey let's get another one let's do this like it's exciting and I think that just like brings like that belief like deep down into you and that like heart that it takes to win a game and I'd say just like using that and putting all that energy into that like overtime goal is kind of how it came to be. And of course you had, you had to do it in a third period you scored two including the uh, one with the, uh, with the extra attacker uh, and what was that like to, to be able to come through in a clutch like that? I mean, it's exciting. I, everyone wants to come back from being down, and especially in the like the last 30 seconds. Like, it's exciting. It's it's exciting being a part of like a team who's like deep down. We all believed on the bench. There's high energy. Everyone is like, we got this. We got this. Like, we need to show them who we are. Yeah, and we did. We did that, and it's exciting. Maddie, for you to come back the next night. And to get your first career hat trick, and, uh, what did that mean to you? Um, yeah, I didn't really expect anything. Uh, for me, it was more going out there every shift, doing the best I can for my team, and just really doing all I can to help the team out. When you completed it, what was the reaction of everybody? Because you're like, oh my god, another hat trick for this team? <laughs> uh, I didn't really think of it as my hat trick. I kind of just thought of it as a win for the team. Um, super exciting for everyone, obviously. Coach, after a, you know, kind of the heartbreak from from Robert Morris, how pleased were you to see your team go out and and grit out two overtime wins this past weekend? Yeah, I think it was it was fantastic for our group. I think just the the character that uh, and the heart that our group showed to to win two games on home ice here was was fantastic. And I think anytime that you can win games like that in that fashion, I think it gets a lot of belief from our group in terms of what we're trying to do here. So. Um, I was really proud of the group. I think the group should be proud of themselves for, for the work they put into it. Um, you know, certainly two hat-tricks certainly help our cause, but I think um, the fact that people are making plays, I think people that don't show up on the score sheet are making plays to influence the game um, are really, really important for us. 
and to see the, the scoring distribution kind of all over the place, how encouraging is that for you, especially for your offense? It, it's fantastic. I think, you know, that's that's what we want to be about as a team, right? We want people to chip in offensively at different times. Um, certainly we're creating uh, identities for certain lines and, and matchups that way, but um, everybody contributes in some way, right? Again, we've got people that, that are contributing in the scoring fashion. We've got people maybe that are killing penalties. You know, our goaltenders are chipping in and making sure that we can, they're putting us in a position to win hockey games. So um, everybody in our roster has a purpose in terms of what we're doing. I think that's the best part of all of it. Baron, as they get set to play RIT this weekend now that Rochester, your last non-conference games before you start uh, ECACH play next week, what, what do you hope to accomplish this weekend? I know for me it's incredibly nostalgic to go back given that was my they were my first games freshman year and a lot of the seniors now those were their first game as well so I think we're all just incredibly excited to head back there and show them kind of bring the energy that we had at the end of these two last games against Holy Cross bring that energy right away and compete right off the bat and I think um, we're all just excited to show them who we are this year and how much we've grown. Josh, what, what are you expecting? Um, highly competitive team. I think they just played the number four team in the country in Minnesota. Um, you know, I think they're they're going to be a team. Every time we face them, um, they've always been in that same umbrella with us, right? They're just recently getting scholarships. They've been kind of on that same uh, makeup as a school, same identity, basically. And I think for us, we know it's going to be a competitive game. They're a team that always works extremely hard, and, and we've got to bring our absolute best. What do you guys think you need to work on before you start uh, conference play next next week? Um, I think we just want to continue to get better in, in a lot of different areas. I think you know we, we want to be better at managing the puck coming out of our zone. I think that's something that we want to attack over these last couple weeks that I think has resulted in some goals against or put us in positions where um, we've needed to fight back at different moments. We want to be better there. Um, special teams is always something that we want to be better at. And offensively, we just want to add more layers. I think there was a lot of offensive chances that we had that we want to be able to finish and, and find ways to finish earlier in games. So um, it's just about adding that. I think we see a lot of positive things in our group, um, but it's for us just making those few tweaks and, and just adding different layers to what we want to do. And then uh, real quick, Riley, just going back to this past weekend, you know, over, when you get to overtime, it can be, you know, so tumultuous. All it takes is, is one bounce. Just what kind of confidence does that give you guys to be able to walk out of this weekend, you know, with two overtime wins? I, I think it gives us a lot of confidence. I think it just, like, again, it just comes with, like, the, the heart and, like, the want to win. And, like, it comes down to who wants it more in that OT. Like, you just get a nice bounce anywhere you beat him outside and then you just get a nice like shock I guess I don't know it's just like it just shows like who we are when it comes down to like the wire and everything it's just like putting all of it out there because it's overtime like you just showing them who we are really just why are you so clutching overtime I may have asked you this last year at the third one but what what what, what gets you mo get you going in overtime I would just say for me I'm very competitive I don't like to lose so and I have um, three siblings too. So like growing up, my dad had um, a rink outside, and we did a lot of three on threes with the neighbors. And it was me and my two siblings versus everyone. And I think it would just came back to like to to my brother. So I, I think I just I guess I just get used to playing the three on threes. And I just like I just deep down like I feel like I just believe, and it comes with like my teammates and everything, and like they believe. Like we all I don't know. It just comes down to like working as a team. Like heart like drive and just like kind of if you believe it you can do it that's all, all I think
Matt, Maddie, for you, what does it mean to be named uh, ECC Hockey Rookie of the Week? <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I woke up to being tagged in the post this morning and <laughs> got all excited in my dorm room. Um, text from my parents saying congrats and all that. Um, yeah, it's pretty special. Uh, I remember my first meeting with Steve's when I got here. I was saying one of my goals is I want Rookie of the Week. Like, I want to make an impact right away. I want to make a statement coming in saying, you know, for us as a team, Union's not a 12-seed team. Like, we have players and we have a team and group that really wants to push forward. And, you know, if I can do my part and getting Rookie of the Week is obviously huge, um, then I'm happy. Coming up, we're going to talk about the return of the Arena Football and the return of the Albany Firebirds, a great uh, name from the past in Arena Football League history. Uh, Jeff Levac, the team president, will join me next. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. Hey, Auto Racing fans, the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest is back. Here's how to play. Pick the top five finishers in the weekly NASCAR race and get a chance to win a $50 ShopRite gift card. To play, go to dailygazette.com and click on the Auto Racing Contest banner. The Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest is run by the Advertising Department and not affiliated with the Sports Department. Hi, this is Union College men's hockey head coach Josh Hoji. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. After a disastrous uh, 2023 with arena football that saw the franchise terminated, Albany's going to have arena football next year and they're bringing back a familiar name. Uh, the Firebirds are coming back. They're going to play in the new Arena Football League. And to talk about that is the president of the Firebirds, Jeff Levac. And Jeff, welcome back. And uh, welcome back to Arena Football. I mean, how excited are you? Uh, very excited, of course. I mean, it, it was kind of nice to get a little bit of a summer back. But at the same time, just felt like something was missing. And watching the way the fans and, and the team and, you know, the people that we dealt with every day were being treated, it just – it didn't feel right to leave it that way, and so I'm glad that we were able to get a group together and, and get right back into this thing and hopefully give the fans back what they love. Well, let's talk about the, the, the uh, upcoming season first, then we'll get into all the uh, shenanigans that happened with the uh, Empire there uh, this past season. Why bring back Arena Football be, uh, and, and bring back the Firebirds? How are we able to do that? Uh, the forethought of Mike Corda. So, you know, Mike Corda, who owns Tech East Fire and Water Restoration, uh, he was one of the guys that really wanted to make sure we had a team, you know, all the way back in 21. So when Roger Dico and, and Nate Sterling Jr. came into town, uh, Mike wanted to make sure that, that he was a part of it so we had local ownership. So he not only picked up the, you know, IP and the trademark for the Albany Empire, but he also grabbed the Albany Firebirds. Uh, he also owns the Washington Valor, the Baltimore Brigade, um, and the Atlantic City Blackjack. So if you know anybody in those markets who wants to get the name rolling, we got it for him, and we're more than happy to work with him. Yeah. Uh, to bring back that nickname, obviously it evokes some great memories. Uh, the the first incarnation of arena football, you know, the team won the championship uh, in 1999. It was on national TV, a lot of national attention. Of course, you know the league also famous for Kurt Warner uh, ended up yeah. having a Hall of Fame career in the NFL. So to be part of this new venture, you know, for this new arena football league, what does that mean to uh, to you and to this market? Well, 
the thing we've noticed the most is since we've officially you know, announced the Firebirds is there's there's like an excitement to that to the nostalgia that as much as everyone loved the Empire it seemed to be lacking so um, I'm hoping that the bringing back the Firebirds is the thing that really you know stirs the you know sorry upon the fire, the flame in their heart to come to those games. Uh, to be a part of the AFL is, you know, as as Mike, Andy, and Richie, the ownership group said, it's the Firebirds were in the AFL. They won in the AFL, and, uh, you know, Albany is the reigning AFL champ. We won in 2019 with the Empire. So when these guys reached out and said we'd like to be, you know, back in Albany, we loved what they had to say, and it all just kind of felt like it was falling into place the way it was meant to be. Was there any concern with the, from the league with what happened this past season? Were they, you know, or were they just realized, you know, it wasn't your guys' fault? Yeah, um, that's a, the the interesting part about it is some of the people who are behind the scenes making the AFL happen actually know Antonio, so like they're they're fans of him on one level but understanding on how things sometimes work on other levels so once they had a chance you know to speak to mike to you know to to get to know andy and richie and you know i i'm i'm ancillary as long as those three guys are in the room usually a lot of things are going to happen in the right direction but as soon as they got a chance to talk to all them um they realized we have really good stewardship now and this is the place you want to be and these are the guys you want running it what do, you, what do you have to do to sell the fans on that, this experience coming up and tell them that we're, we're back, we're not going to have the clown show that Antonio, that's my words, not, not yours, but I imagine you're probably thinking the same thing, uh, the, 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 the Antonio Brown not being involved. I mean, how important is it to get those fans back and trusting in this, uh, in this new, new venture? You know, obviously, the trust of the fans is everything. i got to tell you, the response right away, it's great. So I think I think they realize – I mean, there's going to be a small percentage who are going to be pretty upset about the way everything went down, and, and I can't blame you for that. It's just one of those situations where if you're willing to listen, we're willing to explain. You know, when Antonio came in, he was bringing his father with him, and it was exclusively to help promote the team. Uh, that's when we got – pushed into that corner where that 1.5 million came up for workers compensation and there was nothing we could do about it he he wanted to pay that one five and then once he did everything changed so the beauty of what we're looking at this time around is sometimes it takes an outsider who does things of those nature to get all the people here to rally together. So, you know, it's not just Mike Corda anymore. You know, it, it's, it's Andy Kelcher from, you know, Mohawk Chevrolet. It's, it's Richie Sesnett from, you know, Constantine Farms. It's three powerful local businessmen and the local leaders, the assembly people and everything have rallied around and have been working with us to try and find solutions and, you know, bridge the gap between what workers' compensation wants and what, what can be comfortably paid. So the best thing I can tell you, if, if you're still on the fence, if you, if you still are upset about, uh, you know, an outsider coming in and, and taking over, um, We've rallied together, and the, the Capital Region, uh, as far as arena football goes, I can see the passion from everybody. The people who, who really thought that, okay, you guys will figure it out, are now like, okay, you guys, I think you'll figure it out, but we're going to make sure you have the tools you need to figure it out. Yep. Well, let's get into some of the Antonio Brown. And I, I, I think you'll, if you can't answer some questions, I understand if you want to be, uh, be careful with this. 
when he came in, obviously his reputation, he was a great wide receiver in the NFL, but he had some issues. And the way his career ended, you know, storming off the field shirtless uh, when he was playing with Tampa Bay at a game at, uh, at MetLife Stadium against the New York Jets, just the way that career ended. Uh, when he got involved, did, did you have a sense that this was going to be, I'll be put it cleanly, a crap show? Um, you know, it, look, in the very beginning, I, I got to tell you, Ken, he, he really, he sold himself and his passion of the game and his, his passion of the capital region. You know, he talked about going to Blue Creek when he was a kid and all these things. And, and again, it was a limited role that he was going to play. He was going to, he was going to buy into the team to help, you know, with the finances, but more importantly, his, he was bringing in people to exclusively get eyeballs on our product. Um, it, I think everybody knew that there's really a good chance that it would go south eventually, but I don't think anybody realized the timetable in which it would happen. Um, you know, we're, we're not naive. We, we knew who we were dealing with, but at the same time, the passion and the role in which he was brought in again, if that, if we're never back into that corner with that 1.5 mil number, it, it doesn't go the way it went. Would he have been a little crazy? Sure. Probably. But he would have been in a role where it wouldn't have had such dire effect on the team. Was when you mentioned that when he paid that, then things changed. Did he get that? Is that, that when things went crazy for the organization and then you know, all the coaches are going left, you know, new one to be seemed like a new head coach, Every week, I mean, even George Steinbrenner didn't fire manager after eat game after game. So, uh, yeah, I know. I know. By that time, you were gone, but you were sort of watching on the sidelines. Uh, as you were watching that from the sidelines, what were you thinking? I felt bad for you know the guys that played for the team that played for us in, in 21 and 22. I felt bad for uh, Damon Ware. You know, I felt bad for the fans, and I'm. A lot of people who had to deal with the team, whose relationship with the team started, you know, between them and myself, you know, we would talk and, and it was, it's one of those deals where even though I, there's nothing I could do about it at the time, there's nothing that, that anybody on, on my side, my camp could do about it. You, you felt terrible. You, you wanted to help any way you could. And that's ultimately why we started working with the Orlando Predators and trying to help them so that as our guys were, were forced out, they had a place to land and hopefully could chase another championship the way we promised them they would here. So, yeah, felt terrible, um, felt powerless, you know, and that's why when, you know, Mike and, and Andy and Richie got together and decided to do this with the Firebirds and they asked me if I'd be willing to, to be along on it, I was, I was thrilled because – as much as it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot easier. I mean, you know, as, as a reporter, it's a lot easier to talk about running these things than it is to actually run them. Yeah. Um, to have the chance to, to not let that be the last thing I did, I, I was, I'm very grateful. I mean, how quickly were you, when they called and say, how quickly you, they, they, when they asked you wanted to be president again, how quick was the answer for you? Uh, that's, that's the interesting one. So, like, I worked for Mike on his other venture, Tech East. Um, so we're sitting here doing some other stuff, and he's like, you ready for this? And I thought it was one of those things where, it was, you know, like he was about to tell me a funny joke. And he was like, I was like, yeah, sure, what do you got? And he goes, no, you ready to run the team again? Andy and, and Richie and everybody, they, they want you in. And I was – I definitely thought about how much easier summer was, you know, when, <laughs> when I was watching the games. But uh, it didn't take very long. No, I mean, if it, hopefully, you know, I can hopefully I can help bring a couple more ranks to the capital region. 
Uh, and again, hopefully I can be a part of, you know, washing that bad taste out of everybody's mouth. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that uh, he was uh, Antonio was going to bring eyes to the to the team. Well, he brought eyes to the team in the, in the wrong <laughs> sense. Do that. Uh, I mean, I know the one time you know, they were talking about him suiting up. And I, I actually I watched the game there where he was supposedly supposed to suit up. He ended up on the field, but more shaking hands, taking selfies with people and throwing T-shirts into the stands. And it just, unfortunately, it's, it's, it, it, he ruined a, a good thing. But to be able to you know, watch that passed out and put this in, in, in the, in the, in the uh, mirror, I mean, how good is that to, to get back to the way it was and you didn't have any drama and you're just more, you know, you know, trying to go after championships. Well, I, I, one thing I've learned about arena football um, in the few few leagues I've been involved in, there's going to be drama. Like, it's, it, there will be drama. You got a lot of a lot of unique personalities and ownership groups and everything. Um, but to have everybody want the product to be successful is what matters and that it was a vanity project it turned into a vanity project we what what originally was done so that the community would always have a football team and always have something to do turned into one man's look at me look at me i'm special and and that that sucked because it is a team sport at every level so this is exciting and the 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 gentleman behind this this uh, this AFL, this new AFL, uh, Lee Hutt, Jarrell Gaines, they have big aspirations. And I mean, what's the what's the old thing like? You know, shoot for the stars, and uh, where shall land on the moon? Yeah. The moon. If 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 this league lands on the moon, it's going to be a big moon because they've got they've got big big dreams and they got big partners and there's a lot of people interested. So it's exciting and, it, and it's a little intimidating. I'm. I'm I'm very much back to that level I was back in 21 where I walk into rooms and go, I'm not exactly sure what I don't know, so let's take it from, you know, from the top and teach me everything. Is the league looking at a TV contract, say, with ESPN or Fox or somebody out there? They've been working on multiple. There's TV contracts in place. Um, they, there's a lot that we're not supposed to talk about okay. just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, and so I've got to kind of – watch what i'm saying but there will be tv there will be streaming there will be there will be everything it's they've they were fans of the afl in its peak and its prime and that's what they're trying to build so that's that's why they became the appealing place to be and again their dreams are big and i think they've got the resources to hit them talk about the coach david Ware. what's he going to bring to the team I mean, he's family. This is a guy that he, he's already moved to the capital region. This isn't some guy who flies in and flies out. This is a guy who takes this very seriously, and the players love him. He is the probably the best recruiter in the entire league because every guy who talks to him knows that he's got their best interest at heart. So very capable offensive mind. Um, just He's the kind of leader that guys want to play for and coaches want to coach for. So once um, once we knew we were back, that was that he was we had him stashed here as fast as we could get him here and he had brought his family with him so it's gonna be it's gonna be great like he's he's a member of the community already i did not mention this in the open i probably should have. of course you're back on uh fox fox uh, with tom uh, with, with tom gazlewski on uh Fox Sports 980 with the uh, Levac and God show, uh, three to five uh, on. Uh, I should also say 95.9. Although you, today's day, these days uh, the FM st- uh, numbers being listed first instead of the AM, so it's like they're killing the AM stations. I can't kill the AM stations, man. 
No, no. And, and to be honest with you, like, I mean, I don't have the coverage maps, but I feel like more people listen on, on 980. I, talk, there's talk out there that some of the car manufacturers are going to stop putting AM in the cars. And I think that's what's scaring some of the, like, the higher-up programmers. But, like, when you talk about this market, 980, is it's, it's, it goes back. It's got heritage. Yeah, and I, and the, I, I had to say this, 95.9 phase in and out, because I think there's a, some, there may be another 95.9 north here, because sometimes I hear music. Uh, so I yeah. think the, the signal is not, The best place to listen is one, if you have the HD tuner, mm-hmm. is 103.1-2. That's like the best place to listen. But, you know, I, or the, or the iHeart app or whatever, but I, I just... I, I, please listen because you know I like to know why people are upset with me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, how are you going to be able to balance that with uh, being president of the team? Is that going to be a problem? Uh, if it is, it'll be my problem, not the one that I'll put on other people. The uh, the one thing that's always been kind of great about this group, and not kind of great, very great, is it's a collaborative effort. Like I won Executive of the Year in uh, twenty two for the National Arena League. That wasn't really my award. Like that, you know, Mike Corda did all the business. Um, you know, Matt Woods was was boots on the ground to make sure that tickets were running properly. Like we've got the right people. So, you know, like when you've got, like I said, Andy Gelch, whose business mind is second to none. His advertising is great. Uh, Richie says not who, if you, if you need something, Richie, just like, he's one of those guys who puts his head down and does it. And you're like, I didn't know you knew how to do that. He's like, I didn't 15 minutes ago. And then my court is like, just like that. So the group we have in place, uh, you know, everybody's going to, everybody's going to pitch in. Everybody's going to go to their strengths. One of my strengths is advertising. So why well, give up two hours a day where I can talk about the Firebirds? Yeah, that's true. So uh, I have to get on your case here for just a second. I was listening on the way to work uh, last week, and you were saying that the Jets probably have a good chance to beat the Eagles. Why do you think that? The Jets have never beaten the Eagles in the regular season. Uh, I just I think this is a Jets team that's undervalued in some places. Like obviously they could have they could have lost uh, fairly easily uh, this weekend. But I just your secondary is not great, man. Secondary is a little weak. I think you guys are getting away with some a little bit of wrestling on the laurels, and you know not every play is going to be one yard to tush push. So you might be in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, if you look at the Eagles in the second half against the Rams on Sunday, shut them out. Shut them out. <laughs> yeah, but if you look at it, I'm telling you right now, if, I, if you told me that Quincy Williams was going to be the best player of the Jets defense this year, I would have thought you were out of your mind. But that Jets defense is no joke. They're going to be there. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be a fight. Yeah, but uh, who would have thought that uh, suddenly Zach Wilson becomes the best quarterback in East Rutherford than New Jersey? <laughs> and, and, and sadly, I don't know if it's not close as long as Daniel Jones is next to Yeah, so. Well, hey, Jeff, appreciate a few minutes. Uh, good luck with this venture. You know, we're going to obviously keep an eye on you guys, and you know, hopefully this Arena Football League works out and uh, the fans come back and uh, enjoy themselves. Because uh, uh, I know I, I attended the championship game a couple years ago, and it was just amazing how the place was rocking. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that you're right on all those counts and you know it's going to be the goal is we're throwing a party every Saturday and now a football game breaks out yeah so alright Jeff appreciate it we'll talk soon thanks Jeff appreciate it alright that's Jeff we'll back I'll be back to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winners in the Daily Gazette's You Pick em Football and Auto Racing Contest in just a moment
If you really want to know what's going on in your community, you have to read the Daily Gazette. We don't take a side. We're right down the middle and we're going to get to the truth. Our reporters and photographers are out in the field bringing you updates every minute with trust, accuracy, and integrity from the first page to the last page, independent, probing journalism. We're finding out what's going on in the community where nobody else is covering. It's who we are. It's what we do. of St. Rose women's basketball head coach Will Brown. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Back to wrap up the podcast. The week five winner in the Daily Gazette's You Pick'em football contest was Brian Gertzie of Delmar with a 13-1 record. Brian wins a $100 Hannaford gift card. Congratulations, Brian. The VIP winner was Dave Lopez of DL's Lounge with an 11-3 record. I was 6-8. I am 45-33 and 33 on the year. My Gazette colleague Adam Schinder was 9-5. He is 15-28. I'll announce the U-Pick'em Football Contest winner's name, and that winner's name will appear in Thursday's Daily Gazette. To play, go to dailygazette.com and click on the U-Pick'em Football banner. And you can look for my picks at dailygazette.com. The Week 32 winner in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest was Zoe Coleman of Greenfield Center with 40 points. Zoe wins a $50 ShopRite gift card. Congratulations, Zoe. The VIP winner was Jerry Peel of Frankensons with 25 points. I'll announce the Auto Racing Contest winner's name, and that winner's name will appear in Friday's Daily Gazette. To play, go to dailygazette.com and click on the Auto Racing Contest banner. Just because COVID-19 mandates are easing, that does not mean you should relax. Be vigilant. If you have not gotten vaccinated or received a booster shot, please do so. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. And do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I want to thank Adam Schinder, Jeff Levac, and members of the Union men's and women's hockey teams for being a part of the show. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on X and threads at Slapshots. Views expressed in the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good sports.